the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Liberty in America is under assault. We no longer live in a reality that includes property rights. We're no longer the kings of our own castle. We no longer enjoy the true benefits of capitalism. Instead, we're negotiating our rights with our own government. This isn't how our country was founded. These aren't the ideas of our founders. It's time to seize back our country. This is the Liberty Hour, where these important issues will be discussed for the sake of America's future. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Constitution in the other, here's your host, Sean Thompson. Welcome back to the Liberty Hour podcast, baby. We're live. Justin's in there in his leotards. 312-642-5600. I am fresh off two days of the slack. Slap and Tickle Drive Time Chicago is a great name. Slap and Tickle Drive Time Chicago. We came up with it on a whim. It was wonderful. And I'll tell you what, it's got a little steam. I've got T-shirts made. But more importantly, you know what I got? I got a hanker in to do it. I love it. I love it. Catching a lot of wind. People criticizing. I love to hate. Say something against the, the Trumpster and people hate you. You say something uh, for the Trumpster and people love you. And I get how easy it is to abandon yourself. I get how the Republican Party has turned into spending and borrowing, printing, force manipulation, phony social virtue. And I love when Trumpster fights it and says, everybody out of Syria, I just think it's too small. Isn't that crazy? But you'll have to forgive me. I think America should have principles. I think if the, if that the American government, meaning Congress, doesn't vote on a war, we shouldn't send one American. Because to me, nobody's worth what an American soldier is worth to me. And if countries decide to, to punitively slaughter each other in a genocide, then those countries should rise from within, fight off tyranny, and, and at that point be supported or not, fine. But if that's the case, then it's a different issue where the Congress should vote on it, kind of the way America was born. And that's what I wanted to talk about today. I don't have a lot of time today. Sorry, but i got three freaking jobs. I've actually got to go open a cigar store, mop a toilet, the whole nine yards. Not one of these elitists out here with uh, my driver waiting for me in front. That's not the case. Anyway, to me, what exactly is America other than the, 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 the idea stoked in the Enlightenment period where we were to understand that men were to be free. There's a reason I call my, my real estate company Liberty Real Estate Service. There's a reason I call it the Liberty Hour. There's a reason that I used to fly an American flag in front of my house and before Barack Obama. And yeah, I don't fly it now either, by the way. I fly it in my heart and in my head. I don't need to wrap my house in it or my fake opinions in it or the idea of, of tyranny over my fellow man in it. 
And that's what, to me, it's sadly become. And I say that because what if everybody's wrong? What if everybody's wrong in rejecting the principles of America? And that's what we're doing. And I, this is irrelevant of who is in the White House. Irrelevant. I say since September 11th, we haven't really thought about what we've allowed that office to become versus what it was intended to become, which was nothing. A rubber stamp. It was supposed to be the breaker of a, of a corrupt Congress and Senate. That was the presidency. Rubber stamp, okay, I agree, this fits the Constitution. Okay, I agree, that does not fit the Constitution. Okay, 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 okay. That's it. Not, hey, I got an idea. I'll surround myself with idiots or brilliant men, for that matter. Let's say they're all brilliant. And I'll seize control of policy of the country. Because the reality is the only reason... The country is so torn apart over impeachment and so tribal over who sits in the White House is because Americans forgot what the frick it is supposed to be. It's a rubber stamp position. That's it. Not that I wake up one one morning and I have an idea and we change the entire scheme of economics, the entire plan of a, of, of a capitalist-created company called or idea called insurance. And now it becomes a yoke around the neck of the American citizen. We have allowed the overthrow of the presidency into a king. And it's indifferent to me whether Barack sits on the chair or Trump sits on the chair or George W. Bush or the intern molester Clinton. It is irrelevant. The only restraints on this, in this country are to be on the representatives. And that's it. And now we're re-arguing not just the Enlightenment. We're re-arguing our structure of government. And my side, that is supposed to be the conscientious, I guess they call themselves conservatives, Republican to me, is another word for toilet paper. And I, you'll have to forget, I'm jaded. I know. I'm jaded. But I live in Illinois. I've watched generations of Republicans screw us. Over and over and over. And as you go through history, gee, this cola problem on the pension. Who did that? Hmm. Is it that big freak? Thompson? Yeah. And what, what happens when he's asked about the cola? I didn't know that compounded 3% would be so bad. Oh, really? Stupid. How about the slaughter of babies turning this into an abortion ground? Was it Bruce Rauner? Seven foot of stupid? Mm-hmm. And now look at what's happening. So the problem is, when the people, who's this to blame? People like to blame politicians and parties. It's the Democrats. It's the people on welfare. It's the people on Section 8 housing. It's the character of all. And that's the point, to me, of what talk radio is supposed to be. I can't stand cheerleader frickin' radio. When radio uses the three words, the trinity of abuse and propaganda, Belief, trust, and faith. You're being told a bullshit line from a con artist who's too stupid to think it out. Sorry, just the way it is. There's no believing in men. You believe in your principles, your fundamentals of yourself. And your argument in life is, so, is to figure out how not to break your very own principles. 
and how not to turn yourself into a scumbag and how to raise your kids. The fact that you're inundated with misinformation from scoundrels who, who choose to control certain portions of society and use the failed as virtue shields doesn't mean you've abandoned your principles and fundamentals. So I started by saying, what if they're all wrong? And we know they're wrong. I come on this show, and we know that collectivism is socialism. Collectivism is when the small collective control the masses through the abuse of law and power and regulation. That they create law and they create regulation to control society, the collective few. America, the reason we went from zero to rich and from nothing to powerful isn't because of Washington, D.C. and the king calling himself a president and his court jesters. That's not what got us here. What got us here was the absence of government. What got us to a rich country was the absence of taxation, regulation, and rule. In fact, at every turn in this country, what's created the problem is the abuse by government over free men. Every single time. I had a lady tell me, you know, I was a big fan until you uh, went against Lincoln. Well, it's not that I went against Lincoln. It's that I think we're fed a line of bullshit. It's that only in this country could the president, who resided only over the only civil war, where 700,000 Americans killed each other, could be have history rewritten to where he is a hero. When the fact of the matter is the principle in the ab- abolition of slavery happened was happening at mass. That's why the North was free. And that it could have been done through convincing and through, through uh, uh, certain uh, diplomatic legislation and arguing because the groundwork to end slavery is in the, con- is in the founding of the country. And just read the Declaration of Independence. And yes, man is capable of doing many, many evils to other men as we see the reality of our lives. But this, I, this country is founded on principles and ideas set to break apart those atrocities. And it already was working. So yes, I reject the idea that at any time a president could uh, suspend habeas corpus, that any time a president could lock up politicians because they were espousing views of their constituents, that any time you could imprison, kill, or maim your fellow American citizens. Yeah, for their ideas when I say imprison for their speaking against what the government wants to do, which is why we put 30,000 Americans in prison during the Civil War. 30,000, because they wouldn't walk lockstep. So I find that to be troubling. And I realize it's not that long ago when you really, really think about it, 150 years, 155, it's not that long ago. We were capable of killing 700,000 Americans. Sherman, they, they, they named things after him. Oh, Sherman's March. Oh, Sherman's March. You know what he did on Sherman's March? All the human right violations were accusing it, the Kurds, or I mean uh, uh, Syria, Turkey, all of it. All of those things we did to each other. Read about what Sherman really did. Rape, murder, women, children, burn houses. And then all of a sudden, 150 years later, they're, 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 we don't talk about that. We just hide behind the fact of slavery, slavery, slavery. When the fact of the matter is, how many states had abolished slavery? prior to that, that it was winning, the argument was winning. Now, could it have won? These are all arguments I don't know we could talk about. 
But to call the guy who fought and ordered his army to kill American citizens the greatest president in history, I find that as insane as uh, uh, Pat Robertson saying, I'm the most religious man in America, and by the way, kill those son of a bitches over there. I, what the hell is wrong with people? If you truly believe in what you say, you're not advocating for war. And you're not advocating for your guys to kill the other guys, even if you think they're the bad guys. If you're really a man of God. But none of these con artists are, for that matter. Boy, we got off on religion, huh? Anyway, the point is, what if they're all wrong? What if they're all wrong? What if this is wrong? What if this supporting of, of a certain collective dictate of our society is wrong? Have you, have you given any thought to that? You know, I, 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 have a, I understand how we've gotten to this place, and I understand the love for Trump. My wife is like this. I understand. I live with it, and I love her. Oh, I got Rob on the line. All right, let's go to the call. So anyway, before I take Rob, I get it. I understand what is happening. I am saying at what point do you sit back and say, maybe we've gone a little overboard. The tweet that where I said, and I get that he's playing with the press to a certain point, where he talks about, in my unalienable, untouchable, great wisdom, I know what's best for everybody by circumventing the process, and he threatens Turkey through destroying their economy by using control over the American economy to do so. And that's the point of that tweet, and that's why I am at this place of, hold on a minute, you fat son of a bitch, shut your fucking mouth. You don't get to control the economy. You don't get to use our economy as a weapon against people you don't like. What the hell is going on here? What are you, Kublai Khan? It's an American president. You don't tweet that shit. And you're a punk anyway. The whole thing, why, why, why we're talking about hiding his tax returns. You know, the whole thing in New York, they're, they're trying to see his tax returns, and he's fighting against it. It's not because there's an audit going on. It's because he's full of shit. It's because his entire reputation of why people love him and trust him as the miracle businessman, he's full of shit. Four bankruptcies. Stiffed everybody. The only money he's got is from a trickle trust that his father set up 14 of them. And I got to pretend that this guy's uh, uh, some Svengali over the economy, that he knows better than the American freedom that bore capitalism? It's infuriating to me. You're going you're gonna to break the economy of other backs, and you've done it before. You haven't done shit before, fatso. Sickening. All right, how's that for a lead-in, Rob? Thanks for calling the show. Hey, Sean, how are you? Good, good, good. Hey, I wanted to talk. I called the other day to talk about tariffs. Yeah, and um, I just I just wanted to uh, reiterate. It does give me a little warm and fuzzy, and I know it's probably wrong. But as the manufacturer in Illinois, the stack the, the deck is so stacked against us. When something comes along that gives your book your business a little boost, like this tariff thing, you're embracing it. I mean, not intellectually. I understand. Financially, no, I brought, Rob. I I understand. It makes absolute sense, and you know what it does too. It distracts from the problem of why you welcome the control over the economy. This is why I find it to be diabolical. It's, Ma- it's Machiavellian, though, because it wraps, it, in, it, it wraps the control over the American manufacturer, the abuse, by the way, that has been taking place, and it wraps you turning to your abuser and asking for help and welcoming it. 
So to me, it's it's a it's a three tier problem, Rob. But you know what else it, it it does is it prevents the Robs of the world, the American manufacturer, from from demanding a climate of true. F- and I hate the word Rob. I never even use it. Of true fairness. See, the only true fairness is the equali- yeah, yeah. is the equality of opportunity. The reason you need these tariffs and the reason you turn to your government is your government is the one that made it the climate not uh, capable for you to manufacture and work. They have set up the barriers that have screwed you. And the only way that you can get help is by them screwing capitalism and freedom. And this distracts from that. So that's why I say, what's the plan after Trump? What's the plan? Are we going to... I listen listen to you talk to these people about the tariffs, and, and I'm like... Their, their mind is made up before they get in the line with you. I know this is not necessarily the right thing, but when you have those sorts of things thrown in you and they help you, you, you embrace them. Yeah, that's enlightening, and it's nice, it's nice that you have the, the awareness to understand that because most people don't. And you know what most people do? They, they, they pay the lighthousers, lighthizers of the world, the lobbyists. The reason that they love this is because they've put the American manufacturer into an extortion game he must participate in. And it's destroying our, our American business, it's destroying our capitalism, and it's turning our country into citizens that are longing for tyrants. And that's my big beef. So I like to strip everything down to, wait a minute, why are we even here? And we're here, and if you, if you know, I filled in for uh, uh, the 5 to 7 show, and I kept saying the power of the pen is what created the EPA. And the EPA is the worst extortionist to American manufacturing in the country. Don't, don't forget, don't forget OSHA. And don't forget OSHA. Created by the same guy, also Richard Nixon. Yep. And you know these yep. are the groups. And here's the thing: they always say, "But you need regulation." But you need regulation in a world of absolute competition. The the competition is the regulation, because the worker, the American worker, is the heart of every manufacturer. And if the American worker is good at it, he'll start his own if the, if the owner of the company doesn't provide the right services. He'll go off on his own. I People you say that, and you're right. We're all, we're all ex-workers. All entrepreneurs in America are ex-workers. And that's the greatest thing in the world. You know, I, I, I now manage property, and I'm, I, in essence, act as a landlord. And I deal with real people working three jobs who often don't have the money. But I was a tenant with no money. So I treat that tenant who can't pay me with a certain dignity and understanding because I was there. And you know what I get out of that? Loyalty. And that's better. And I weed out the scumbags. The scumbags just won't ever pay you. The struggling moms, the hardworking dads, the ones who want to do the right thing, they'll always pay. The real people. It's all for the earth. And that's the thing, Rob. we got to get back to the... The fundamentals, you know, I was talking about my wife is one of these people who who just blindly trusts and has faith and like 90 percent of the talk show hosts out there. Right. That are promoting the suspend your beliefs and fundamentals and just believe in this son of a bitch. I get it. I, I, I understand why she does it. But I also remind her and I see it when we talk. You do realize, Roseanne, it is a leap of faith that you shouldn't make even sometimes with me. To turn over your your trust and your your principles to a stranger is ludicrous to me, especially when you know what he's doing is controlling your opportunity. 
So once you suspend that trust to him, you've given this power to the government. How do you get it back when the next guy's in? You don't. And this is how countries go bankrupt. And Venezuela, it is exactly what they did. All of those people loved Hugo Chavez. They loved him. They believed in him. They trusted him. They had faith in him. And as he implemented protectionism to a once once extremely rich country, they embraced it. And now look where they're at. Because this is where it leads every time. Let me interrupt you and say something you said the other day. Freedom is scary. Yeah, it is. And that's what you're fighting. People say that freedom is scary. I want want someone to take care of me. I want givens. I want knowns. Yeah. It is true. It is true. And I've noticed that as I was a, when I was young and I went into the at the mercantile exchange and I was at a company and another company offered me a job. I'm not even embarrassed to tell you Citibank offered me a job to fill paper in the pit and all that. And I said, no, I don't want I don't want it. This guy said, what are you what are you talking about? We're offering you a freaking job where you've got a customer. You're a part of the company, but I've only got one customer. And that customer, if I if I offend somebody, if I do something wrong, my my gravy train stops. I'm done. I'm and dead. After getting a taste of making a ton of money, I'd rather take my shot trading independently, where it's on my back. And I realized at that moment, I told a friend of mine a story who's a lawyer. He's like, "Are you freaking out of your mind? What's wrong with you? This guy's offering you 135. You're talking 90s, 135 thousand a year." And you're going to get the sock, and you're going to get that. And you know what happened? It lasted for three years, and every guy that took that job was out on his own. He was back on the side of the pit clerking for 60000 a year. And in those same three years, I taught myself how to trade small currencies at first, then pork bellies. Then I had my own ideas and stuff. And, yes, I didn't make a ton of money all the time. I made good money, but I was in control of it. And to me, that was an intangible value. That was so important, I was willing to go broke doing it. And I, let me tell you something, I've been broke a couple times in my life. And at each and every time, I haven't been depressed because I knew I did it once, I could do it again. I don't understand why everybody doesn't feel that way. I don't get it, Rob. I don't get it. Little, If I can get philosophical, if I can get philosophical for one moment about yeah. that topic, that's what's wrong with society is you're not in charge. You're not, you're not your own man. And this a generation of young, I don't speak for women, but I do speak for men, yeah. that are lost at sea because of that lack of having the steering wheel in their hands and in charge of their life. And you know what's funny, Rob? When you get behind that door, that executive door, I've been lucky to do it a couple of times, you realize they're just freaking guys, man. They're just freaking yep. guys. They got the same problems. They got the same problems with their spouses, the same problems with their kids. They got the same problems of everything. And we, we look at them like they're experts. And you know what I've come to learn? When you really spend time and you go to these things and you talk to these guys, they don't know shit from Shinola. They may have a certain expertise in one specific area. But in the things you and I have talked about in this phone call, the base philosophy of freedom and capitalism and, and manhood, they don't have it, man. There you go. So I don't turn over anything to anybody. Let's let you, what, what, what one man can do, another can do. Never forget that. And if he's an expert in something, you could become an expert in that. I think the point of a man's life is to be a renaissance man. It's to try everything you ever wanted and see what you love. The idea that we and waste ourselves. Yeah, and you got to fail. fail sure, everything's a failure when you really pan back. Married 20 years, is it good? Yeah, but for most of the time, it's a failure. Like everybody else out there. You know, I raising I, uh, kids. You know what that's like. Yeah. Yep. Come on. Yep. 
I failed pretty significantly in my business in 08, 09. I've just about lost everything. I just about lost everything. And I look back on that time and say, it, I'm, I'm em, almost embraced it. As warped as that sounds. Yeah, it's the best time of your life because that's when you find out what you are. And you learn from it. You know, at the end of the day, right. when we're on that bed, baby, and we're, we're about to go meet the big guy, all you got is who you were. You got no money. There's no money on that bed. All you got is who you were. And if it shows up in people around you loving you, then, it's, then you're a winner. If it shows out that you have nothing to be ashamed of, you didn't compromise your, your principles, then you're a winner, whether you have nothing or not. A lot of people pretend they're rich. They were scumbags their whole life. Not rich because you got a nice car and you got a house or you got money in the no, bank. No. You're rich because no. you, you live like a man. Listen, Rob, you made my day. And you've, and you've, raised, and you've raised children that can compete in this world we're living in. I hope so. I, and then, you know, the funny thing about that is you never really know until they're about 45. Oh. Until they're about 45, that's when you know you did a good job. Listen, Rob, thanks yep, so good. much. Hey, man, be good. Thank you for calling, Rob. I appreciate it. See, that's what I want talk radio. I want it to mean something. I want it to have a point. I want it to discuss principles and fundamentals. Listen, Cattle Drive Radio is all around you, but that's only if you want to be the, the sheep with the bell on. I don't want to be the sheep with the bell on. I want to think about things. I want to reason things out. I want to say when things are good or bad, and when they're good, you support them. When they're bad, you rage against them. That's your obligation as an American to do that. We're the only country we can do that. Other countries have allegiance to leaders. We're never to have allegiance to leaders. I want you to remember that. I want you to remember that. And I don't even know if this is the right clip, but there's a clip that I find outrageous to me. Here, You can't impeach a president for doing a great job. You can impeach a president for doing anything in this country. It was set up that way. I could impeach you because I don't like you. That's how it was set up. And if you think I'm wrong... Look at Andrew Johnson. He was impeached because he put somebody under Article 2 that he had the power to put. That the Congress, who was in control, said, no, we don't want that. That's why, as an American, you should really understand the political system. The most important part of government is the one that's closest to the people. That's Congress. So if you really believe that, and you're a Trump person, then you better get your ass out there every two years and learn who is in that office. And by the way, if there's a scumbag in there, it's your obligation to make sure they're out, even if they call themselves Republicans. You can't impeach a president for doing a great job. You can't impeach a president for having the lowest and best unemployment numbers that we've had in 51 years. Those numbers are cooked. There's a reason he rightfully raged against them when Obama said that same bullshit. There's a reason he did that, and he was right when he did that. You can't impeach a president for tax cuts and regulation cuts and creating, and even the ambassador would say, the strongest economy in the world. It doesn't matter what the ambassador says. It's not the strongest economy in the world, or he wouldn't be intimidating the Federal Reserve to lower the rates, print more money, and do a quiet quantitative easing number four at least in the repo market, which is the beginning of the end that devastated Rob devastated 90% of you and destroyed your home prices. Only this time, it's not homes that are the, the derivatives. It's the corporate and personal credit markets, which are at their all-time highs. We have the strongest economy in the world. Bullshit. This is a scam. You're right. And the people are wise to it. If the economy was so strong, 
the debt that we speak of that are used as the, the derivatives in the overnight lending that are the problem in the repo market would not exist. If the economy was strong, we would not be hiding behind a fo- fake cook number of $22.5 trillion. We would be talking about the unfunded liability number of $280 trillion, which is more money than it's in the world. We would be reevaluating our monetary fundamental principles of what our, our monetary system even is. It isn't like in the 70s when you'd watch Milton Friedman and he'd have to turn on the printer and money would come out. They're clicking it with a freaking mouse. They're making it out of thin air. It doesn't really exist. It's not tangible. It's not real money. It's a float. It's a front. It's a scam. And that's why he has to do things to pretend he's paying it off like tariffs and pretend other countries are paying it off. Also, and very importantly, we've taken in tremendous amounts of money in the form of tariffs from China. China has eaten uh, the cost of those tariffs. That is an absolute and bald-faced lie. The, 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 The data and the reality is right in front of you. You're paying tariffs. That's what a tariff is. It is a sanction against foreign trade on the citizen of that country. Just like they put sanctions on Iran, they hide. This is word salad. This is word smithery. This is con artist shit. It's not a tariff. It's a penalty for buying a product from a country the government has deemed bad. And you know the thing about this? This uprising in Hong Kong, no one's linking the two together. Because a vast majority of the trades that came out of China were actually traded with Hong Kong. That's why Hong Kong was a, a beacon and bastion of success and liberty and had those free-minded people living in Hong Kong, which is part of China. That was the brilliance of creating that system. And I hate to give the guy credit, but it started really with Nixon. And he knew something Trump didn't. If you want to flip a communist country, you don't do it at the end of a spear. You do it from within. The same way America was born, when they were overtaxed, overpenalized, and victims of trade tariffs. Read the frickin' paperwork, dummies. I don't mean that to you people listening. I mean that to the people who are telling you not to listen. Read the actual grievances with the king, with the economic system of that time. They were raging against tariffs. That's why I hate that frickin' word. Learn. All of the things that our forefathers hated were allowing to be done to us, again, under a lie. And if we wanted to really crush China, we were doing it. We were crushing them from within. The Hong Kong uh, inhabitants of China hate China. You see it in front of you. Why do they hate them? Because they're not communists. Because they saw the benefits of capitalism and freedom. That's how you overturn a country. You want to change the world? Open up all trade. You do it because we get along with each other. The robs, the me's, the you's, the actual people who get along with the Chinese businessman. We get along with them. That's why it's, so, it's such a problem right now. And that's why they hide behind China and they don't, they don't let you understand this is against the entire Pacific Rim. That's why Vietnam has opened up and we've traded. And that's why Vietnam has gone from the the, the tyrants we were fighting, the communists, to now they have more free positions than the American Democrat, for God's sakes. And by the way, they call themselves Democrat Socialists, just like Bernie. You want to change the world? You do it through an idea. That's what America is. It's an idea of freedom. You don't do it by bombing the shit out of people until they comply. 
Because you know what that is? That's the Middle East, and you never get the shit out of there. You never get out of there. You do it because you implant freedom in the individual. And that's what scares the shit out of a government, when you think like a man instead of a group. Reject this bullshit. Fake conservatism. Cattle drive radio. My way's the hard way. I'm probably, who knows, I may never get anything other than a podcast because my way's a hard way. But it's the right way. I'm the only one advocating for the citizen, the individual. The individuality of the enlightenment of America. There's no groups, baby. There's no forest. There's only trees. There's no Republicans. There's only people. And we're fighting the idea of collectivism, which is in the Republican Party because they have become the Democrats, as the Democrats became the communists. you got to fight the Republicans right now. I'm telling you. You can't fight the Democrats. They're lost. Fight the Republicans. There's an idea that Trump is going to break things enough to where we can pick him up. Because the reality is, whether he gets two years or six years, there's an end. So you better start standing for principles now. Because the one thing I do like about Trump, I think he wants to succeed. And I think he'll listen when you reject the Democrat ideas he surrounds himself with. Look who Peter Navarro is. Four-time running Democrat in California. Wrote a paper that Al Gore is the most significant politician of our lifetime. Liza Minnelli, Steve Mnuchin married to that very smart, hell of a negotiating stripper. Listen to me. He was the biggest money bundler for... For Barack Obama. These are the guys that are in control. And as for Wilbur Ross, read the book Secret Empires that started this whole thing with Joe Biden's son. Learn about the Bank of Cyprus, which is where all of the Russian and corrupt mafia from around the world, not just Russian, it's where they hid their money. It's the new Cayman Island Bank for scumbags. Look who went there after the collapse. Look who saved it. Look who worked to guarantee that the IMF and the American people back that money. Wilbur Ross. There are no good guys. The only good guy is the guy whose face you shave and the lady whose legs you shave. That's the only good people out there. They're certainly not in Washington, D.C. It's a hard road to say, I know, and it's pessimistic, and it's this. And there may be thousands of good ones. But they're outnumbered. And we're losing this. And we're losing it because we're turning to our abuser for help. All right, listen, I've got to get out of here. I've got 50 things to do. Thank you, people, for listening. I truly do appreciate it. I'll be filling in Friday. And you know what I learned in there, kid? Amy don't want me to fill in. She wants Bruce Wolf because they sing. I don't sing, baby. I'll be back Friday morning. Thanks so much. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.